0: a patron of entertainment landfill go to patreon.com landfill for details entertainment landfill is made possible by contributions from listeners like you thank you
1: And now it is time for the news with the one and only podcast master extraordinaire. That guy who gets up early, that guy who takes out the garbage. You know, that guy the unloads the dishwasher. He's that guy that always changes the toilet paper roll when someone else left an empty one. He's the guy who always uses his turn signal. This guy never jaywalks. He never drives over a solid white line. This is a man who knows his stuff. Sure he has his faults. He eats way too many Skittles and he watches too much TV. But hey, who's perfect? This is the guy who realized that he could talk and record his own voice and maybe just maybe someone might want to listen. His name is The Jaystrom. This is his story.
0: Presents Landfill News with your host, the J Strom. Now, here's your host, the Jstrom. Hello, hey yo! Hey, thanks, man. Thanks for my introduction, me. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the show. It is time for Entertainment Landfill News. I'm the J Strom. And welcome to the landfill, the place filled with lots of news stories, film, movies, wait, film and movies, same thing, right? Well, some might be filmed on video, but it's not filmed if it's video, captured, uh, (laughs) recorded uh, television shows, video games, hey, movie stars, hello everyone, welcome to the show, I hope you're having a fantastic summer. June is almost over already. What the hell, man? Didn't the summer just start like a week ago? What's going on here? I'm going by, you know, because I have a daughter who's in school. I'm going by summer break, uh, you know, days. And, like, she's like, it's already almost July? No! You know, it's like, it's moving like a juggernaut. (laughs) So I can see why that would bum her out. Because, you know, when I was in school, the summer break, oh man, I wanted it to go on forever. I wanted to sleep till five and stay up all night playing video games. And then, you know, then you realize like, oh my God, I'm wasting the days. I need to get up earlier. And then you end up not sleeping at all. Last night, I went to the Mystery Science Theater 3000 reunion show, the Rift Tracks Live. It was really cool. It was the Rift Tracks guys, uh, Mike, and uh, those guys. But also, it had the original guy who created Mystery Science Theater, Joel. The new guy Jonah Ray Trace Boulou, Boulou, I don't know how to say his last name <laughs> Frank Conniff Oh man it was so funny I took uh, my wife and my daughter and dude I it was literally like my stomach hurt from laughing so much and I had teary eyes because I was laughing that much There were some they riffed these short films that are all terrible of course and it was absolutely hilarious I think they're they're gonna do a repeat of that where you can see it in the theater on July 12th. I think everybody should go see it. It is really funny. What's funny is that, you know, I've taken my daughter to quite a few of these riff tracks events and my wife has never gone, but she's like, Oh, I'm going to go for this for the reunion show. And, uh, I was like, you guys go find a seat. I'll get the popcorn or whatever and meet you in there. And as I was walking up to the, into the, you know, specific auditorium my wife is standing at the bottom she hadn't found a seat yet she goes this isn't my kind of place and i was like what are you talking about and then you walk in and of course it's a bunch of dudes all you know dorks you know basically <laughs> just a bunch of nerds and i was like come on we belong here we're safe And my daughter loves these geeky, loud, dork guys, you know, who are, like, trying to riff themselves when really they should just be listening. She wants to sit right in the middle and be surrounded by people. But my wife and I, we like to sit on the back row where no one can talk behind us. And my daughter was so disappointed that we made her sit with us. She was like, oh, come on. And I was like, no, 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 I'm not sitting behind these guys. We've done that before, and they're... They're not funny, uh, you know. I don't know what it is. You're going to a show where you hear people riff a movie. Why do you want to do it yourself? I don't get it. But, man, that was fun. I was really looking forward to that. And I can't wait till the new incarnation of Mystery Science Theater comes out. I have no idea when it is, uh, but I'm really excited about it. And I think at Comic-Con, Joel said that they're going to announce their distribution, how they're going to do it. Be it like, what, are they going to be on Netflix or Hulu? Are they going to be on a channel like Comedy Central again? Are they going to be on HBO? Or I have no idea. I'm just throwing stuff out there. I just hope they're not like on PBS or something. (laughs) Why? Because I, I hate when they do, I know it's necessary, but, uh, you know, when they do the, the telethon thing. No, what do they call that? The fundraiser thing where all of your programming gets messed up for a while and you got to watch them give away tote bags. Um, but, uh, anyway, I think Netflix would be really cool. I, I did not get to see independence day. I wanted to, and here's the thing I wanted to get into. Also lately I've been going to, You know, I've always gone to Cinemark, Cinemark XD, the big theater. I like to see movies in the big theater. I'm spoiled by it. When something's in a smaller theater, I'm kind of disappointed. I didn't expect Rift Tracks to be in there. It's no big deal, but I want to see a big film. Uh, I don't know how good or bad Independence Day is. I assume it's pretty mediocre or just stupid, maybe entertaining or something like that, but I'll let the movie come to me. But on Friday, I saw that it was in the XD theater at 730 in 3D, which is great. That's what I wanted to see. And my wife is like, "Uh, no, 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 I won't be home by then. Could you please wait to see it uh, a little bit later, like the 10 o'clock showing? So I was like, okay, let me see. Oh, there's a 1020 showing. Okay, I can wait that long. But it's not in 3D. So now what they're doing at the Cinemark is they're staggering 3D showings. Like the first one will be 3D, second one not. Third one, 3D, you know, like that. And that's fine because some people may want to see a film on the big screen but not in 3D because they hate 3D or they just have one eye or something. I don't know. But it annoys the shit out of me because <laughs> I want to see these big films shot in 3d and 3d now because everyone who bitched about 3d in the past when 3d was first launched in the theaters and we got clash of the titans 2 and 3d where they did it after the film was made it looked like shit I will admit that but now all these films have caught up to good looking 3d if you're gonna see a big blockbuster movie you might as well see it in 3d that's why I feel it's not shitty like it was when they first launched it in all these theaters and force-fed it to us. Like, oh, you're going to like this 3D. Oh, it's just the way they charge us extra extra money. It's like, no, it's not. Now it looks good. Well, maybe it was at the time. But here's another funny story, because I, I don't know if you guys remember the time I told you when I went up there and they gave me tickets to the wrong showing and they charged me extra. It was a big pain in the ass. Well, now, and it was funny because... Uh, you know, Stephen will go like, "I'll tell him." Yeah, they gave me the wrong tickets, and uh, he goes, "Why didn't you just go up to the electronic uh, kiosk?" It's like, "Well, because Stephen, it was actually closed. It wasn't on." Oh, okay. You know, it's like, "Shut up!" All right, I'm telling the story. So, I went up there yesterday to get my Rift Traf- Rift Tracks tickets earlier, and. The little, you know, you slide your card and whatever, and it spits them out. One, two, three. So I am I buy three tickets and spits out one ticket, two tickets. The third ticket, it doesn't come out. And I look down and I can see it just barely hang in there. And then it falls behind the little door it's supposed to come out. I'm like, oh, shit, what do I do? You know, I'm like trying to stick my finger in there. So I go tell the guy at the box office. Meanwhile, I went to the electronic kiosk, as uh, Steven would say. He go, What are you, dumb or something, going up to the box office? Why don't you go to the electronic kiosk? Yeah, he sounds like a turtle. But um, hey, Yurtle. Uh, I went up there and I said, Yeah, the I bought a ticket at the electronic kiosk and it fell behind the door and I can't get to it. And the guy's like looking at me. He's like, All right, hold on. <laughs> And so I'm waiting out there and this guy comes out and I'm like, yeah, I just bought a ticket and it fell back. The guy's not even listening to me. He's just like opens the door. He goes here. (laughs) So his life is beaten down. So basically there's no such thing as convenience. Everything's going to hold you up. So just so you guys know, uh, I've talked too much. Let's go ahead and get into some news because you will see this everywhere. Now, everywhere you will see this story. Oh my God, guys. Director James Cameron, not exactly a huge fan of Star Wars The Force Awakens. And I know what you're thinking, like, oh my god, he totally trashed The Force Awakens. He shit on this movie. He totally insulted JJ. He said Star Wars sucks, whatever. Actually, no. Let me read you the story and you'll see that. Let's make a mountain out of a molehill. Let's turn this into a clickbait story. Okay? It's refreshing to hear a blockbuster movie director's take on another summer blockbuster movie. James Cameron, a.k.a. the King of the World. That's from the... uh, Okay, yeah. Remember he said it at the Oscars, so I guess that's... By the way, I'm a James Cameron apologist, so just so you guys should know. (laughs) I should preface the story with that. Uh, James Cameron wasn't a big fan of J.J. Abrams' Star Wars 4. Episode 7, The Force Awakens. Oh, is that the entire title? Thank you, Story. In a student interview on YouTube, Cameron very diplomatically stated that he thought this film was more of a retrenchment to things you had seen before. Right. It is episode 7, after all. George Lucas is a friend of mine, and he and I were having a conversation about it the other day. Wow, name drop much? (laughs) I don't want to say too much about the film, because I have a lot of respect for J.J. Abrams, Cameron began. I have to say that it felt that George's group of six films had more innovative visual imagination. This film was more of a retrenchment into things you had seen before and characters you had seen before, and it took a few baby steps forward with new characters for me, the jury's out. I want to see where they go with it. And that's all he had to say about that. So basically what he's saying is episode seven look like more reestablishing the universe from the originals. Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, kind of, I mean, James Cameron made aliens. That was kind of a re into the aliens universe. So. He's just talking. I don't know. Is this really a big deal? But instead, you know, you put a hat, you put up a headline, James Cameron, not exactly a huge fan. You know, I'm going to do a little exercise here. Just, you know, go up on Google, type in James Cameron. Okay. And then click news. Oh, wait, wait, wait. I just saw one. Oh my God. This is better. James Cameron slams Star Wars. (laughs) I love that. That's variety. James Cameron slams Star Wars. How great does that? Okay, deadline. James Cameron used to be a Star Wars fan, but thinks The Force Awakens is far, far away from the original six. That's their headline to this. Here's the Hollywood Reporter. James Cameron defends George Lucas star wars titles he says force awakens lacked imagination (laughs) i love this how they just like oh man yahoo movie says james cameron throws star wars shade he throws shade man this guy's throwing shit uh cinema bland james cameron was not impressed with the force awakens at least you know that's better but I just love those. Throw shade. <laughs> Time Magazine. James Cameron throw shade at J.J. Abrams. Wow. No, he didn't. Good God. But I guess it'll get people to click on these. You know what? F you, stories. Whatever. And you know what? Look at The Force Awakens. It exists in the Star Wars universe. Um, yeah, there's some neat stuff in there. But we're talking to... James Cameron, visionary director. Do you think it's easy to impress him? I don't think so. I don't think it's an insult at all. I think he's just stating it plainly. Like, I remember an uh, interview uh, a long time ago, James Cameron. It might have been around after Aliens or something like that. And he was a truck driver in, like, Orange County, California. And he said that he saw Star Wars in the theater and he was like shit I need to get my shit together and get going like it motivated him like he wanted to be doing a Star Wars like he needed to get off his ass and do something creative and that's awesome so he was heavily inspired inspired by Star Wars 1977 Star Wars so were all of us it was this new thing that we'd never seen before. And, you know, I'm sorry, but episode seven just wasn't going to do that. And I doubt episode eight will. I hope the story is amazing, and I hope there are incredible visuals. But, guys, it's going to be hard to do that again. Somebody's going to do it, but I don't know who or when. But I can't believe that James Cameron would just throw shade like that. (laughs) Oh, uh, E online, James Cameron disses J.J. Abrams. Wow. I like how they try to turn it into like an insult. Oh, man. Let's see if I can see any more. Um, Like visual, visual imagination, uh, throw shade. There's another people like putting th- throw shade. Uh, James Cameron skillfully avoids giving his opinion on Star Wars. Okay. Uh, James Cameron knocks J.J. Abrams. I'm sorry, knocks doesn't work. You should say throw shade. Hilarious. Oh, here's People Magazine. James Cameron takes a dig at Star Wars. Yeah, okay. Try harder, guys. All right, here's another story. PlayStation Plus has 20.8 million subscribers. If you guys have the PlayStation, I'm wondering, do you have PlayStation Plus? You get free games every month and stuff like that. I've had it for a while. Every once in a while, I'll do like the three-month one for 17 bucks, just if I see a new game coming out on the horizon. Uh, but I don't keep it all year round. Uh, I think the only reason to have it is if you want to play games with your friends or something. Because if you don't do that on a regular basis, then there's no point in it. Um, Sony's executive vice president, Andrew House, reported the news that uh, confirming the company is keen to sustain a continuous growth of PlayStation Plus paid subscribers. As of May 22nd, PlayStation 4 sells past 40 million units, making the PS4 the fastest penetration in PlayStation history. I don't know why they need to use that word. The roughly trans- This roughly translates to half of all PlayStation owners have a PlayStation Plus subscription. As part of the monthly free games plan, PlayStation Plus subscribers also have access to NBA 2K16. Yeah, I'm going to play that. Gone Home Console Edition, which I heard is amazing. I would like to play that. Echo Chrome and Siren Blood Curse will be available for free on the PS3. With God of War, Chain of Olympus, and Little Deviants on the Vita. Uh, Yeah, whatever. Um, I don't have a Vita. But I do have Xbox Live though, and I think that's mainly because I'm used to having it. <laughs> but actually my daughter, she's on my 360 now and she plays Minecraft and what is it called Terraria or something with her friends, so we actually need that. All right, here's that wasn't much of a story. I apologize. It's fodder. Okay, the next story, Nintendo didn't show the NX at E3 over copycat concerns. Away from the media's prying eyes, Nintendo's investors meeting allowed some people to ask some surprisingly frank questions and glean a few more insights into where the company is going, whether that's smartphones, new consoles, VR, theme parks, movies, or all of the above. If you were surprised that Nintendo wasn't showing its incoming NX console at E3 earlier this month, there was at least a reason, according to Nintendo's Shigeru Miyamoto. The company didn't because it feared copycats and revealed the console so far in advance of the launch. Miyamoto said in a recent interview that when it came to the new console, there's an idea that we're working on. That's why we can't share anything at this point. And I don't want to comment on other companies. If it was just a matter of following advancements in technology, things would be coming out a lot quicker. Whoa, it sounds like Miyamoto is throwing shade here, doesn't it? If they were, it was just a matter of advancements in technology, hello, Microsoft and Sony, that's all you're doing with your new consoles, right? No, 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 Nintendo, they're doing something else, man. They're doing some shit that'll blow your mind, all right? I have a feeling it'll jack into our cerebral cortex, man. It's going to be awesome. The legendary games director also got to take another look at VR at this year's E3, but it wasn't what I expected. The main challenge for Nintendo, apparently, is to ensure it's comfortable to play for extended periods. According to translated tweets from the meeting... We have the core technology. We want to release something that can be played for long periods, carry value, and is affordable. We want parents to feel at ease. Yeah, it's like, is it safe for my kid to be jacked into this for eight hours a day? (laughs) The company has highlighted a shift during its slide presentation. The recorded voice of Nintendo President Kimishima narrated, up until now, the goal was to expand the gaming population, irregardless of age, gender, or experience. Now we're focusing on increasing exposure to Nintendo's game titles. Well, it's about time. Then the investors got to the real talk. The Wii U is essentially being retired, and the 3DS has passed its peak. Aren't your business forecasts unrealistic? Some generic person in the room asked. President Kimishima responded by highlighting that sales of the portables have now passed $58 and that the company believed it would certainly make a profit selling games to its installed user base. We believe Pokemon will do so. And he's right. You know, like the 3DS is a massive success. It's been out forever. They keep putting new versions out of the same thing. (laughs) You know, it's larger screen. He also believes that uh, its smart device titles like Fire Emblem and Animal Crossing, both on their way to the mobile market, will help the company make a profit. So you guys heard it here first, the NX will blow our minds. Oh man, I can't wait. Okay, next story! IMAX will build your home theater for a mere $400,000. Awesome! Awesome! This is one of those things where, like, yeah, this is ridiculous, but if I won the lottery, man! For anyone tired of paying up up for 3D IMAX movie tickets, the company is now offering in-home, high-definition, floor-to-ceiling, wall-to-wall, officially calibrated IMAX theater systems. All you need to bring is about half a million dollars and a spare wing of your palace to install it in. The new IMAX private theater division is obviously directed at high net worth individuals. Yeah, it's like Mark Cuban, um, that other guy on Shark Tank. <laughs> and uh, for your $400,000, the baseline Palace model includes dual 4k 2d 3d projectors a proprietary imax sound system a touchscreen remote and seating for anywhere from 7 to 18 of your friends while it does come with a complete hd multimedia system that will play anything from karaoke to high definition tv and blu-ray it doesn't actually include the secure set top box required to download and play new imax releases that luxury will cost you another ten thousand dollars plus rental fees You mean I spent $400,000 on this and I don't even get movies yet? By building home theaters, IMAX is not only reaching out for deep pockets of well-off movie buffs, they're also catching up with the everything-on-demand nature of the entertainment industry. In 2013, IMAX actually bought a stake in Prima Cinema which delivers those at-home, same-day theatrical releases. Napster co-founder and serial entrepreneur Sean Parker's latest endeavor called The Screening Room also promises to bring day-and-date releases to your home theater for a steep $50 rental price. If you're as well-off as Parker and really want to cut the cord as if it were from your local Megaplex, IMAX is also offering an even larger $1 million platinum version with seating for up to 40 people. Um... Okay, nobody needs this shit unless you're George Lucas. Um, You could spend, I'm thinking, let's just say 20 grand on an incredible home theater. If you go to one of these sound and vision type places, Uh, they have something here in Texas. I forget what it's called. I hear the commercial online all the time. And uh, way back in the day, I used to go with uh, Steven and I would do this or my brother-in-law, we would go to these home theater stores and just walk around and you go in, they would have a demo room where you walk in and they have the starlit ceiling and stuff. And we'd be like, dude, this is awesome. (laughs) It was so cool. I I've always wanted something like that, but I think what's more practical is, you know, just having, now we all have, these big screen HDTVs and 5.1. Some people have 7.1 or whatever. And that's fine, you know. But you got to have a screening room or a media room. That is the dream. I'd love to have that someday. Okay, here is a, a funny story. Um, recently, you know, Finding Dory came out. The new Pixar film. Oh, it's so cute. Did you guys go see it? Well, one theater accidentally played the R-rated Sausage Party trailer before Finding Dory. (laughs) Audiences waiting to see Finding Doria, uh, Doria were treated to an unlikely surprise at a California theater early this month. As a trailer for Seth Rogen's upcoming R-rated animated comedy Sausage Party played ahead of the family-oriented Disney sequel. After theater theater goers reportedly complained about the incident, Walter Eichinger, I'm going to say Eichinger, vice president of operations at Brendan Concord 14, issued an apology for the mistake, which he says occurred prior to a single screening of Finding Dory. Playing that trailer was a one-time honest mistake by a theater manager moving screens around in an effort to accommodate several large last-minute groups wanting to see Dory, Eichinger told the East Bay Times. The wrong movie was started by mistake. It was caught soon, but not until the trailer played. We regret it. We apologize for it. We've given you free popcorn. What do you people want from us? And we're not happy that it happened. We we'll fully, we fully realize this trailer is not appropriate. Oh wait, how bad could this trailer be? Let me see something. I'm gonna look at this sausage party trailer. Sausage party trailer. There we go. How bad can this be? Picture you're seeing this. Your kids are in the audience. Before oh, finding uh, Dory. Shot. Ketchup, mustard. Oh, sausages and buns. I can't be- that looks cute so far Great animation All this food is alive Stand them straight boys Hey look at this, we've got one oh, Yes, we're chosen oh, Yes Yeah, yes.
1: We've been chosen together
0: Our dogs and buns hey,
1: Brenda. Huh? You and me I'm so happy that God's put our packages together Because we belong together It's like we were made for each other Get ready, boys! Oh, feels amazing. Oh, yes. I'm the first to enter eternity. Oh, potato! Way to go, baby! The pipes, the pipes are coming. Oh,
0: Jesus! Oh, oh kill me, skin! She's peeling me skin! the potato. Oh.
1: <laughs> Oops
0: Oh my god, the food's getting eaten It children it's children
1: So, you have learned the terrible truth I gotta tell everyone No one will believe you I have to try Everyone will die otherwise Oh yeah, that's a good point Me, right? Run for
0: (laughs) your lives! Alright, so I I get it. Lots of F bombs. (laughs) Food being eaten alive. Okay, now I get why parents were upset. A lot of F bombs. (laughs) Playing the trailer was a one time mistake, he said. Yeah, I don't think it matters. It was one time if you had like three year olds, five year olds. Three year olds, they're not paying attention. Five, seven, eight. I can see why, as a parent, you're like, what the F, while you're in the theater? That is hilarious, actually. All right. Do you guys remember, uh, I don't was it a couple of weeks ago that everyone was, uh, had these stories that J.K. Simmons is ripped for uh, Commissioner Gordon? Check out these pics where he's, like, pumping iron and everyone's like... Dude, Commissioner Gordon, man, he's going to be ripped in the new Batman or whatever, the Justice League. This is going to be awesome. Why is he so muscular? This is the new Zack Snyder DC movie, you know? So anyway, Oscar winner J.K. Simmons has finally addressed those widely circulated photos that showcase the 61-year-old actor's insanely large muscles ahead of Justice League. Simmons told Business Insider, Business Insider that he's been in excellent shape for a while, but clarified that he won't be appearing so incredibly muscular as Commissioner Gordon in the upcoming Justice League movie. This is all coincidental. After the second and final time that I got hugely fat in my life, and when I lost that weight six or seven years ago, I pretty much decided that I was going to stay in decent shape for the rest of my life. Simmons added, I'm not going to mess with something that's iconic. I was not in good shape at all. I was overweight and soft, and here I am playing the head of the Aryan Brotherhood and this maximum security prison in the first ever HBO original drama. And I was watching the first season when it came out and just thought, wow, I don't believe this guy at all. I have to get my ass to the gym and be a believable hard ass. So he's talking about Oz there. It's kind of weird that he jumped to that, but while we won't be seeing Simmons with huge muscles in Justice League, oh, aren't you guys bummed? Just know that they're underneath the uniform. So all those stories about him being a jacked Commissioner Gordon are just void. There was all for nothing. All those conversations we had. Oh my God. It's such a bummer. And what sucks for him is also that, um, uh, Microsoft is shutting down Xbox fitness. So he won't be able to get ripped while he still can on the Xbox, Microsoft fitness training application for Xbox one, Xbox fitness is shutting down for the next year. The company announced today. No, why, why I'm getting ripped, man. I'm just like, uh, Schillinger, (laughs) J.K. Simmons. Aww. The company ended sales of all Xbox Fitness programs today, June 27th. If you did purchase content through Xbox Fitness, guys, nobody did. I don't know what they're talking about. You only have about a year to keep using it. Xbox Fitness and its associated content won't be available for use after June 30th. Let's see, it's the 29th now. I can still do it. Here's Microsoft's explanation for the closure of Xbox Fitness. As a service, Xbox Fitness has continually evolved since its launch on Xbox One. With new content and ongoing updates. Microsoft Studios' Erica Bell said, Oh, it's a woman. Okay. Given the service relies on providing you with new and exciting content regularly. Why is she British? I don't know. Microsoft has given much consideration to the reality updating the service regularly in order to sustain it. Therefore, the decision has been made to scale back our support for Xbox Fitness over the next year. So basically, it's a pain in the ass to run it. Xbox Live Gold subscribers will have access to Xbox Fitness free with Gold content until... December 15th, 2016. Yes! I'm a gold subscriber. Remember I told you that? I can get ripped now. I have until December 15th. Xbox Fitness launched in 2013 alongside the Xbox One. The program let Xbox One owners work out to personalized program recommendations based on your workout history and past performance. Here's the thing, guys. I've messed around with this. And when it asks me... What do you want your workout to be? My answer is, I don't want to work out. Tell me what to do. I don't know. I can't get past the menu screen. Xbox Fitness featured workout programs from celebrity trainers, including Jillian Michaels, Tracy Anderson, Sean T, and Tony Horton. Oh, I love that guy's donuts. Donuts. Xbox One owners could use the Kinect to monitor their performance and compare their workouts against others using leaderboards. No, 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 no. Nobody's going to be filming me exercise, okay? We reached out to Microsoft about the status of refunds for the content purchased for Xbox Fitness, and nobody has replied yet because the story just came out. Awesome. So, uh, guys, if you're a gold member... Start getting ripped, just like Schillinger. Okay, Minecraft movie gets a 2019 release date. My daughter's super excited. Warner Brothers isn't preparing to shy away from a fight. The studio announced today that it was setting up its upcoming Minecraft feature film adaptation for May 25th, 2019. The same weekend as Star Wars Episode Nine, and only a few weeks after Marvel's Infinity War. Yeah, I have a feeling they're going to be moving it. Although the film's release is still three years away, it's already encountered a few problems. The film's original director, Sean Levy, left the project in 2014 after his idea for a Goonies-inspired movie was shot down by executives at Warner Brothers. Well, why wouldn't they do that? That's a stupid idea. Last July, Mojang announced that Warner Brothers had found a new director. It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia's Rob McElhaney. The comedian best known for his role as Mac on the longtime running sitcom tweeted out that he was excited to do something strange and wonderful with the film. Marvel's Infinity War, the first two-parter, will bring back Avengers once again as they close it- wait, wait, why are you getting into Avengers now? I'm reading a story about freaking Minecraft. I hate when stories do this. Listen to this. We'll bring back the Avengers once again as they get closer to Thanos. The film is di- to be directed by the Russo brothers who worked on the Winter Soldier and Civil War. Star Wars Episode Nine, the last in the new trilogy, will be di- directed by Kyle Ventura. Shut up! I don't care. I'm reading about Minecraft right now, you jerks. God. No, again, wrong bomb sound. <laughs> yeah, now that's a bomb sound, baby. All right, guys. <laughs> this story makes me laugh just just looking at it. Uh, okay, Samuel L. Jackson. That's right, Samuel L. Jackson says his Star Wars character lives on. That's right. Mace window Mace Window Mace Windu... lives. Except no substitutes. George is like, I'm okay with that. You can be alive, says the actor. Apparently, Obi-Wan Kenobi wasn't the only Jedi keeping the galaxy safe between Revenge of the Sith and A New Hope. With Samuel L. Jackson revealing that his Star Wars character didn't die in the 2005 film and that George Lucas himself has given his blessing to that idea. Jackson played Jedi Master Mace Windu. Oh, did he? Is that who he played, you guys? Thanks a lot for telling me that. (laughs) A member of the Jedi High Council who apparently killed after having his hand cut off by... Wait, 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 wait. He had his arm cut off by Anakin Skywalker. This story is wrong. Are you sure? And being shocked by Senator Palpatine's force lightning. But according to Jackson's, that's not actually what happened. Jackson addressed the issue on Twitter in response to a fan question. Um, dear Mr. Jackson, whose idea was it to kill Mace Windu? Just curious. He's a great character. Well, let's hear what Sammy had to say.
1: Uh, As in most Star Wars movies, um, it was George Lucas' idea to kill Mace Windu. He said um, he killed all these important characters and all these other movies leading up to that, and said the only person left to kill that would mean anything in Episode 3 would be me. I was trying to figure out, really? Can't you just, like, injure me and whatever? But in my mind, I'm not dead. Jedi can fall incredibly high distances and not die.
0: Uh, He's right. Mace Windu is alive, guys. He expanded on his theory that Windu lived when talking to an Entertainment Weekly radio show, saying that, of course, the character lived. Jedi can fall from amazing distances, and there is a long history of one-handed Jedi, so why not? (laughs) The reason he hadn't been seen, Jackson suggested, was because Windu was laying low, like Alec Guinness' Obi-Wan Kenobi. The actor went on to say that he had shared his theory with George Lucas. George doesn't have anything to do with it anymore, he said. But he gave his approval with the idea nonetheless. George is like, I'm okay with that. You can be alive. I don't give a shit. I sold the property, Samuel! Well, now we have another potential Star Wars spinoff waiting to happen. Time to start preparing those fan petitions. Oh, shut up. Come on. Really? Ah, stupid story. Why Why am I doing this? Okay, I've calmed down, guys. Let's hear hear what James Cameron has to say about Star Wars.
1: (laughs) So, have you seen the new one?
0: Yes, I have. What do you think? Well, look, George Lucas is a friend of mine, and uh, he and I were having a, a, a good uh, conversation mm-hmm. the other day about it. Uh, I don't want to say too much about the film, Yeah, I also I also have a lot of respect for J.J. Abrams, yeah. and I want to see where they're taking it mm-hmm. next. You mm-hmm. know, see what they're see what they're doing with it. Um, I have to say that I felt that George's group of six films had more. Uh, innovative visual imagination Mm -hmm. and this film was more of a retrenchment to things you had seen before and characters you had seen before and it took a few baby steps forward with new characters so for me the jury's out i want to see where they go with it oh snap whoa he threw some major shade there y'all y'all catch that damn uh no not really i I didn't hear anything but Hey, they got me to click on the story, didn't they? Those bastards. (laughs) Damn you. All right, I'm out of news stories. Let's see what comes out in theaters this week. I need some uh, coming out in theaters music. All right, here we go. The Legend of Tarzan, huh? What the hell? Why are they making Tarzan movies? Um, let's see, I already know that the, uh, one one dude's in it, um, Alexander Skarsgård and Margot Robbie, Samuel Jackson is uh, actually in it, and Christoph Waltz playing yet again an evil guy. There's already a couple of reviews on uh, Rotten Tomatoes, let's see what Richard Rober thinks of it. While the talented cast and a solid director make for a serviceable and intermittently entertaining adventure... There's very little about this film that screams, you gotta see this. Okay, that's fair enough, fair enough, okay. Leah Greenblatt at Entertainment Weekly, the whole thing feels almost endearingly old-fashioned in plot and execution, despite a few winky nods to modern ideas. (laughs) Okay, whatever. Um, Let's see, who else? Who else? Who are these people? What, What do you guys want, huh? Todd McCarthy of The Hollywood Reporter says, this is certainly the best live action Star Wars uh, Tarzan film in many a decade which admittedly isn't saying much <laughs> and offers a well-judged balance of vigorous action and engaging enough drama. I give it a pass, okay? Um he actually gave it a fresh tomato, so uh whatever. Did that sound like it was a positive review? I don't know any, Roger Moore, guy who played James Bond, a dreamy-looking film filled with fear of offending someone, of disappointing audience expectations, of failure. I give it a rotten, or whatever. He just says just rotten. That's not really the Roger Moore, it's just a guy named Roger Moore. Okay, so that is, uh, currently it is at 22% rotten. It's got a little squished tomato there. The BFG comes out. The Big Friendly Giant. The Steven Spielberg film. Yay! That's about a big giant guy. Let's see what the uh, Michael Phillips of the Chicago Tribune says. For once, underneath all the motion capture full folder all, and the key performance really does feel like a full, real, vital performance. I, I like this movie. Okay, good for you. Uh, Richard Rober says, exiting the theater after the technically impressive but listless and tedious BFG, I wondered, of the more than 50 films Steven Spielberg has directed, was this my least favorite? Oh my gosh. He didn't like it at all, you guys. Ah, It's a good thing we don't give a shit what he thinks about anything. Oh my God, where, where did that come from? I'm sorry, guys. Oh, let me calm down. Uh, my favorite is this Cole Smithy guy. ColeSmithy.com Nobody knows who this guy is. Someone could write a Freudian thesis about how by diminishing a female child character to even thir- further than her undeveloped stature in the BFG feeds into the imperialist patriarchy that the story ultimately hands itself over to. <laughs> Uh, nobody knows what you're talking about, dude. All right. Roger Moore, James Bond. He saw this too. Lovely, but entirely too slow to be the BFD. It might've been. Oh, I get it. BFD. Get it guys. Oh man. This guy's clever. I wish I could be this clever. <laughs> um, Let's see. Um, Edward Douglas of den of geek says this guy looks like Terrence stamp in his picture seems to talk down to all the youngest of children, making it grueling for adults to find anything to keep them invested. I'm going to buy more popcorn. Okay, go ahead. Let me stop, you dick. All right, let's see. Let's see what women have to say about this, okay? Stephanie Zacharek of Time Magazine the Spielberg and Screen screenwriter Melissa Matheson, with the permission of the author's estate, have somewhat expanded and changed Doll's story. The BFG honors the author's whimsical waggishness and propriety. Oh, a very droll. Okay, good for you. I'm glad I think she liked it. <laughs> uh, okay, let's move on to another movie. Okay, here's another one. Um... Oh, 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 The Purge, election year. It's about vomiting. No, I've never actually seen any of The Purge movies. I think my dad told me, oh, you got to watch a second one. It's really good. I was like, no, it's not. <laughs> no, seriously, you got to check it out. Frank Grillo's in it. Is it Frank Grillo or Frank Grigio? I don't know. Elizabeth Mitchell's in it, too. All right. Let's see. Let's see. Oh, Edward Douglas, the guy who looks like Terrence Stamp from... Uh, Superman 2 of, uh, wait, this is a different guy, Edward Douglas? They have the same picture. I don't know. After three disturbingly violent films, this may be a concept that deserves to be purged. <laughs> oh, yeah, Good job. You did a good job there, Edward. Okay, let's see what Owen Gleiberman says. The Purge election year is a scuriously effective pop rabble rouser. A movie that's been built to get you riled and does. I give it 100 stars. That is the top critic at Variety, you guys. Okay, let's see what William Bibliani says. An outrageous political commentary for an era of outraged politics. It waffles between completely irresponsible and completely necessary. Fresh rating for me. My name's William Bibliani. Okay. Let's see what else we got. Uh wait. Edward Douglas how many there's everybody's got this Terrence Stamp picture. I wonder if they just Scott Mendelson of Forbes says it's not as good as the last film, and it probably won't change any hearts and minds, but this 3rd purge film remains a potent work of cultural criticism. It's important. S- kindergarten students should be forced to watch this. Oh, okay, okay, I-, I see that. Randall Colburn of Consequence and Sound. Who's ever heard of this? What? Writer-director James DeMonico. Hey, this is the first guy who's mentioned the director has brilliantly tailored the film's political milieu, milieu and anti-establishment bent to this year's election, exploiting our country's current anxieties for maximum horror. I give it a B. Oh, well, cool. Um, I, I'd like to hear a female's point of view here. And, dude, seriously, I, no women have reviewed this film. On Rotten Tomatoes. I don't see a single. There's William, Greg, Matt, Edward, Jimmy, Julian. I don't know. Julian? Can that be a female name? That's Jillian. But this is Julian. Let's see what Julian. He has a girl's name. The Purge election year is gruesomely violent. Wall-to-wall action horror flick that is owned by Frank Grillo. It's a B-movie with a budget that smartly embraces the pulp. I give it a 2.5 out of 5. Fresh rating. Wait a second, 2.5 out of 5. Is that really a good rating? I don't know. Does that sound like a good rating to you guys? 2.5 out of 5 and it's fresh? I don't know. I'm kind of spotting some errors here. So anyway, pretty cool, guys. I can't wait. And I think next week, uh, no wait, July 8th, anyway, um, Secret Life of Pets comes out. Have you guys seen the trailer that it's all oh, the little cup of animals and they, they get on adventures with the odors aren't home? Oh, it's so funny. Uh, so you guys can go see that too. Um Cell comes out July eighth. Cell does? It comes out july eighth, but why does it say zero percent rotten? Zero fresh ratings, seven rotten ratings. How can they? It already been. Re- I'm sure it'll be better or worse. Oh, it's a limited release and it will release on DVD. Oh. Oh dear. A run of the mill zombie flick that goes through the genre motions efficiently enough but fails to live up to its credits. Oh, so that's why Cell was forgotten and pushed under the rug. One of the worst Stephen King adaptations ever. Let this one go to voicemail and just rewatch 1408 instead. As it moves forward, it loses interest and impact. If you want a good thriller based on a Stephen King story with the same lead actors, watch 1408 instead. Don't waste your time or money on this dramatically inert film. Given the absurdity of the premise, Cell isn't nearly as luridly entertaining as it should be. Wow, okay, I've only seen those seven reviews, but they're all bad. And I've never heard of Todd Williams who directed it. Todd Williams emerged as a creative force in the early 2000s and developed and honed a reputation for intelligent, multidimensional, character-driven scripts that spanned a number of genres. The son of a famous architect, Lewis took his premier cinematic bow with the 1998 period film... Uh, now I got to click click on the whole thing. The Adventures of Sebastian Cole. Uh, what's that? Yikes! He also directed Paranormal Activity two and. Uh, Now I can't understand. Wow! So that is substantially lowered my. (laughs) Looking forward to sell, but guys, what do I gotta do, man? you got to go see movies, even if they're bad, right? No, I'm not going to see that. Uh, Independence Day, didn't get to see that. Lost interest. I'll go see something else. But guys, thank you so much for listening to ETL News. I love doing this show. It's a lot of fun. I miss my buddies, Stephen and Bill, but this is kind of something I do when they're not around. I can't wait to do another show with those guys soon. I hope you guys have listened to the Chuck series companion. I like doing that show. i want to do more during the summer. I'm almost done with season two of Chuck. I can't believe it. Uh, Actually, the next episode of the Chuck Series Companion I do will be the 30th episode that I do of that. 30! I can't believe how quickly... No, actually, it took a long time, but... (laughs) I can't believe it. But, guys, thank you so much for listening. Uh, I hope that you visit... Uh, nimpodcast.blogspot.com listen to all of our previous shows also be sure if you're interested in becoming a patron go to patreon.com landfill thank you guys so much for listening thank you Brandon and John for listening live in the chat room what are you guys waiting for? get out there, play some video games, watch a movie watch some Netflix or something and I'll see you next time woohoo
1: Entertainment landfill news is the final word on all film, television and pop culture news. So say we all, clear eyes, full hearts, can't lose and all of that crap. Now this is podcasting.